Welcome to Might in Motion, where we help you navigate your personal and professional goals to manifest them into your deserved career and life path. Here at Might in Motion, we don't make excuses. We do the work and go above and beyond. The Might in Motion podcast brings you guests that will help stretch you out of your comfort zone and push you to improve your goals. Like, comment, and share. This is Might in Motion. Tonight, I get to welcome Vic Fravloff, who goes by Vic, by the way, uh, from Ascend Consulting. He has been in various industries and has spent most of his career helping individuals and groups, both personally and professionally as a coach. He has utilized his expertise to empower the individual strengths and foster the natural leader within each person. Certified in NLP, TLT, mind power coaching, and social behavioral psychologies, he seeks to improve the world and positively impact 10 million lives one person at a time. He runs his own coaching group, the Eagles Tower for Personal Development, and the Executive's Chair for Professional Development, and assists in the lion's den as an executive leader alongside Sean Whalen. Vic, welcome to Might in Motion. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It is so much fun to have you here uh, today. So... Man, what a mouthful. You've done a, a whole bunch of different things. You got a ton of different certifications. So, um, you know, I, I'm a corporate America junkie. I think we talked about that a little bit in the green room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love a good acronym. What's NLP and TLT? Can you educate our audience on what those are? Yeah. <laughs> so NLP stands for neuro-linguistic programming, and it's a form of psychotherapy that helps people with change. And TLT is associated often with NLP, and it is called timeline therapy. And it's a work, it's a form of retroactive therapy with subtle hypnotism in there to help people overcome traumas and issues and obstacles and limiting beliefs by doing work regressively. Oh, that's kind of cool. So yeah. is that something that you see, uh, you know, I'm really big in the veteran community as well. I'm mm-hmm. married to a Marine Corps veteran. Um, I know a ton of veterans. Are those things that have helped with people that have trauma to that extreme, meaning they've been in combat situations, et cetera? Absolutely. It is, they are a powerful uh, combo therapy set that helps people with experiences like that. That's, that's really, really cool. So I'm assuming you leverage both of those in like your mindfulness coaching, um, which, you know, it seems to be something you're really, really into can you tell tell our audience, like, just give us a little bit of background. How did you get into this? How did you move from what you were doing before and make this transition into what you're doing now? Oh, happily so. Um, so just a little background about who I am in order to help people understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, I'm a first-gen American. So I grew up in a split household of a Persian mother, Russian father, very diverse cultures and expectations. And... From the young age of eight years old, I was translating for my mom all her classes that she was taking at a local community college and then university, all the material that she had to read and understand in order to pass her classes. So she focused on psychology and child development, and lo and behold, I'm the universal translator. So I was going to class with her. I wrote all her papers for her. I typed them all up. I did all the research with her. And so I technically earned in part her bachelor's degrees. 
<laughs> Did you get to walk the stage with her? Unfortunately, no. But it was funny because she handed me her diplo- her uh, her little certificate afterwards and said, "Yeah, you earned part of this. I think you can hold it." Oh, that's that's really really cool. Yeah. You know, so, and I think having that immigrant background, um, mm-hmm. I think that really defines a lot of folks. Um, I'm oh, yeah. first generation on my father's side. He came over on a boat from Italy. And my mom's side is, you know, a complete like hodgepodge, true, like melting pot USA, you know, yeah. trace all the way back to Revolutionary War and all that kind of fun stuff. So like I have this kind of split personality mm-hmm. of hardcore long-term American to first generation. Yeah. But I think it gives you a real appreciation for what America is and and oh, yeah. being able to see the struggles on why why your parents came here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh- hearing the stories that they would recount back in the day of how horrible it was in Soviet Russia and the regime that is still currently in Iran right now, also having traveled the world extensively and lived out in Europe and the Middle East, we really live in one of the best countries in the world. Yeah. Personal opinion and people can argue against that, but fight me. Yeah. I, I, I personally agree. Um, You know, I, I watched, you know, I, I follow you um, on Instagram and love watching your content. And recently, it might have even been today, so apologize if I don't have the right date there, but yeah. you talked recently about rejection mm-hmm. and don't take rejection personally, especially as it relates to things like, oh, if you don't get the job. And I, it was really timely for me to see that today because one of one of my, my followers, somebody actually I, I met when I was out on the road about a month or so ago recently didn't get a job that they were going after. And it's, it's so hard to help people through that, to see that that, that mm-hmm. just might not be the right opportunity, but the right opportunity is coming. How do you work with your clients and help them see that rejection is not always a bad thing? See, I, I love this topic because I actually worked with a client recently on the whole concept of rejection, the perceptions that we could have of it. And we, we, as humans, take rejection so personally, like, oh, my God, I didn't get the job. They don't want me. No. And this is something that I always challenge people to think about is it's not that they don't want you. It's just that they don't see the value that you bring for them currently. And at the end of the day, if you're flexible enough to understand that there's a lot of perceptions that go into play, especially with something like the job market. You might look really good on paper. They might like what they read on paper, but then they meet your personality. They hear your words. They, you don't like their personality. You hear their words. There's a lot in play here. They're not rejecting you. They're just rejecting what they see. And that's a big factor that goes into it. At the end of the day, you can't control what a person sees. The only thing you can control is what you see, and that's within yourself. So if you value yourself, your opinion is the highest one that matters. So if someone says, yeah, you're not worth $100,000 a year salary, you say, yeah, I'm worth $250,000, but I was willing to come down to work with you guys. Yeah, and it's interesting to me is that there have been times that I've been rejected from what I thought was, this is the perfect opportunity. I'm perfect Mm -hmm. for this job. Mm -hmm. How could they ever say no to me? And then I don't get it. And... I kid you not, the the universe is conspiring, right, to push you somewhere you need to go or prevent yeah. you from going somewhere you don't need to go. 
And so what I have found, especially over the past, I'd say, few years is, wow, I'm so glad I didn't get that role because now I see what that role maybe is do, having to do now and it doesn't right. really align with me personally or my family you know, values or what I need to be doing like travel and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting that you have to be open to that. Mourn for a moment. Don't mourn forever, right? right? Because right. when you don't mourn forever, you take it, oh, I didn't get it. Man, that sucks. Give it that minute. Let it go. You will right. find so much more positivity in the long run of like, man, I'm glad I didn't get it. Or there's something else bigger and better that just just happens to come along next. Oh, yeah. And also think about it this way. we if, if we're so zeroed in on the rejection, we put the blinders up that we won't see the blessing in disguise of, hey, there's this yes. opportunity over here coming closer. Is it going to pass you by or are you going to take it? Right. Right. That's exactly right. So, yeah. Have your, mo- have your minute, but also mm-hmm. take the blinders down and say, Okay, step back. What else do I got going on for me? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, there's so much that. more. There's so much more out there. Um, we also talk a lot on this podcast, this, this live stream about your physical. We kind of call it the might, mm-hmm. right? Um, right? And how even though that might not be, you know, helping you with Excel or how to do a PowerPoint and all this other stuff that's kind of corporate America esque it really does help feed into everything else. How do right. you like view and that physical side where it connects with your mental health, that physical, mental kind of connectivity? Okay. This is a great question. Um, so I have a mentor that I work with very closely. His name is Stefan Schreidel. He uh, He's the number one resilience coach in the world. Ranked number one. And today, actually, we were talking about that. And he said that in order to master the spiritual, you know, the high level, the making a world changing type of event or action, we have to master the matter, which is the the tangible, the here and the now, Mm -hmm. financial, physical. So if we look at that and also the mind body connection, the mind body spirit connection of how we go about things, what we do physically is connected to what we're doing spiritually mentally, emotionally, it all starts with the physical plane. We can't have a cosmic shift. You know, we can't have that great abundance if we're not creating the great abundance for ourselves within mm-hmm. by doing the necessary steps to be able to handle it. What if a hundred pounds of gold dumped in your lap? Would you be able to even lift it off of your lap? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you can't lift it off your lap, you're not going to be able to enjoy it in all the other ways. Right. Right. So there's such a strong connection that when it comes to the mental you'll really you'll start you'll see and this is this goes out to everyone the more you're focusing on just improving one degree shift one percent at a time the physical there's a domino effect where your day is a lot better your focus is a lot clearer your energy is cleaner your spirit and your emotions are more balanced out yeah and inversely, the more sedentary you are with that, the more you restrict yourself on the physical side, the more you feel conflicted, frustrated, pained, emotionally charged up over meaningless crap. Yeah. Like I, I know like for me, I can notice that substantial difference of the days where I get up and I go to the gym and I work mm-hmm. out versus the days that I don't. It's And it's more than just the, you know, what endorphins and all the other good right. stuff that starts moving around. Like, everything is more open 
Right. Which is just really, it's really cool. And I'm, I'm actually reading the, what the body keeps, uh, keeps the score. I actually had it right here because um, I love Dimitri. So oh, that's wow. what I'm reading right now. And I'm finally in the part where it's actually talking about how you actually like move from the, from trauma, right? The first half mm -hmm. is all about trauma and it's really heavy, right. but it, it immediately goes into people who use dance, music, motion, and then like then journal or then speak about whatever their you know childhood mm -hmm. issue is ended up actually improving faster or or just mm -hmm. improved right versus right. those that either just talked or you know never and that was kind of neat to see how that physical or the chanting aspect sound aspect goes into it and there's you know so right. many cultures that use that chanting aspect to go and attune mm -hmm. right oh yeah and, and then if, if you want a really good book um Quantum Healing by Deepak Chopra. Okay. I'll add it to my list. It's, it's phenomenal. One of the, the most outstanding examples in that book was the power of the mind over the physical body mm -hmm. because he had a client that approached him with stage four lung cancer, I believe it was. And she was doing the radiation, the chemotherapy. She had a year given to her by the doctors. And then she approached him and said, hey, I'd really like to try an alternative approach. Over the course, I think it was six months of working with them, just meditating on focusing positive energy around the infected area and then movement, exercising. She experienced something that was called a cancer flu and the cancer disappeared overnight. Wow. She basically overnight. generated her own miracle. Mm -hmm. And here's, here's the kicker about it. It's a common enough occurrence that there's a medical term for it, but it's an uncommon enough occurrence that they can't explain how or why it happens. Mm -hmm. hmm. So that <laughs> mind-body connection is really strong. It's really strong. Really, that, that, that's really cool. I will add that book to my list. So Quantum Healing, um, I, mean, I have a massive list of books I want to read. So Same. love it. Absolutely love it. Um, Having, um, being, once again, in kind of a corporate America environment, mm -hmm. I also talk to folks a lot about going and getting different points of view, right? You mm -hmm. want to have a well-rounded team where you have, you know, diversity of thought, diversity of background, everyone from maybe somebody brand new, uh, out of college, folks that may not have a college degree, but they've, they've learned through life and jobs and all this other stuff, right? What are your thoughts around kind of diversity of opinion and how you can leverage that in your, in your own personal development. See, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm the tech kind of guy that loves asking other people questions of how they perceive things and how, why they perceive it that way. And I think it's very influential and also very strong. It's a very strong tool to have and a capability to have when it comes to personal development when you can see another person's perspective on how they view the same object like i have a hair clip i have pretty long hair mm -hmm. I, I have a hair clip and you see this you're like oh it's some weird you know fossil shape whatever that hinges right that mm -hmm. perspective alone helps me to see things differently and understand you and that collaboration that we can have is a lot better because i when i understand you i can understand what you're trying to convey where you're coming from and therefore communication and understanding gets fostered in the process. Same thing with personal development. You know, everybody's got a different perspective. 
everyone's got diverse experiences that leads them up to where they're at and what they're experiencing and doing right now. So who's to say that your experience from 10 years ago isn't relative or relevant for me right now as I'm going through a similar experience? It's not the exact same, mm-hmm. but it's helped shape your perspective and led you to being where you're at with me. And this is the whole, you know, the, the little threads that connect us all together and, and create impact. It's, it's all the things that shape us to where we are now and how they connect us to where we're going and yep. what we're doing. Yeah, that makes Round sense. Away. I, I love it. I, I think women are, I think, kind of a little bit easier to do this, right? Because as women, mm-hmm. we love to collaborate. We love to talk about things. Like that's our... Right. That's our state, like safe space. So even you know, last night we're at my my girls' troop meeting. We're on a hike. What are all the mothers? Doing? We're following along and we're we're chitter chattering. We're going in and out of really deep personal issues to superficial stuff, to mm-hmm. back to something that might be deep and hard, and you know, talking about social stuff, et cetera. We kind of flow in and out, right. And we all have such varying backgrounds. It's I always walk away pretty energized, not just because you're on a walk in your nature, but also because you're getting this flow from other people that aren't necessarily in my same sphere of what I do every day. Right. And it it's just gives you a good, good jolt, right? A good good oh, way yeah. of like, hey, let me, oh, I could think about that differently. I don't have to be so stuck. Right. And that's the cool part about it is you'll never have the exact same perspective or perception. Right. Right. There's always a twist. So, you know, I, I love those those moments when you're with a group of people that you normally don't spend time with or collaborate with. And you can work on something together because you see so many different unique perspectives and people behind the perspectives. Like, mm-hmm. how come you thought of this like this? Oh, because I used to be a chemical engineer. Like, whoa, that's something new I learned about you. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's I, I, I love it. Um so you've got two coaching groups. I do. Can you share with the audience a little bit more about both of them, how they're different and what your ideal client is for both of them? Absolutely. So my, my personal coaching group is called the Eagle's Tower. And I named it as such in order to help people with the vision of where they're going, what they're doing on the personal side. Eagles have a very far-seeing vision and they're also capable of flying far distances And we as folks tend to forget that our purpose is what drives us to do the things that we do. So my coaching group there is focused on purpose-driven action in all the spheres of our lives, the relationships, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual. Mm -hmm. And I'm sharing with folks there and teaching them how to cultivate and implement their purpose, their why, of why they exist on this earth, why they're doing what they're doing into their everyday actions. And I just started it out on this new platform, Jadari. So it's got very, very low members right now, but it's growing because people are seeing little tiny shifts that they're making are having an impact in their personal life. Yeah. And it's having an impact in every other aspect of their lives, the professional, the spiritual, things like that. Now, other side of that is the executive's chair. This is a, this is a coaching group that I've started with a couple professionals that have been former CEOs, CMOs, things like that. I'm the mindset guy in the group, and we're focusing on teaching and empowering all the executives out there, all the large, medium, small business owners out there that haven't been taught how to lead an organization. They haven't been taught how to be a true and empowered leader 
mm-hmm. someone who has their personal ideals and the, the things that they hold true while maintaining their responsibilities and roles, there's always a sacrifice of one or the other where there's a conflict. You don't, you don't get taught how to be a CEO of a company. You kind of just learn it in the process. Well, I have a seven time CEO who was the turnaround CEO that would go save companies and corporations from absolute bankruptcy, sharing all the things that he learned on how to do that. Marketing, same thing. Mindset, how do you be both the executive and the personable guy? Mm -hmm. People say, oh, I have to to wear a separate hat. No, you just figure out the harmony and the balance of it all. Right. So that coaching group focuses on small, medium-sized businesses, also the executives out in the corporate industry who are looking for guidance and help, who who need that sounding board in that community where they can collaborate with one another and say, hey, I'm a CEO over here. I'm encountering this issue. I don't know how to handle it. Well, there's Max, seven times CEO. There's also a whole bunch of these other CEOs in here who have experienced something similar and they can all collaborate and deliberate together. That's cool. That's really cool. And, you know, being a leader of teams for so long, you know, my, my personal philosophy is all around being a servant leader, right? It's not about me. It's about them. And if I'm supporting them, they're going to end up elevating me. Right. So it still comes back to me because, you know, whatever. Right. Right. But, but like, I love when I, uh, when I'm able to pour into my team Mm -hmm. and be able to just provide that support for them. And I think it's, it's a variety of things. It's not just, you know, Hey, let me help educate them on supply chain. Cause that's, that's my specialty or transportation, right. whatever, you know, how merchants think and just because of my past experience and whatnot, but it's also about how can I pour into them when they're having a personal need, right? Okay. Uh, a sick child, a death in the family. Um, there's a struggle with something from a mental perspective, um, a personal health issue, right? what I have found is that when you are able to have that servant aspect to your relationship, that personal side, mm-hmm. it's amazing what an organization can actually pivot and do. Oh, absolutely. It's it, I, that that's my like personal MO. And I've, I've been on tons of teams, led tons of teams reported to a lot of different people who have different philosophies. And like, some are just the, like, no, I don't care about anything personal. Right. I just want you to get the job done cool but you're going to get a lot further when you're actually making that that personal connection right see and and correct me if i'm wrong with this assumption but you're more of a transformational leader than a transactional right because that servant mindset that Mm -hmm. servant leader is the one that empowers there's no transaction like hey you do this you get paid this right or hey you do this the, the project gets done it goes beyond that and this is where it's the transformative property that elevates someone where one plus one doesn't equal two anymore. Right. It's one plus one equals 11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're going beyond that. You're inspiring, you're empowering, you're investing into them and you're getting more out of them. Yeah. Not, not begrudgingly. They're doing it because they're committed. They see the passion that you have, the commitment you have to them. And in yeah. return, they're reciprocating that. 
Yeah, and it's something that's hard, I think, for a brand new manager, somebody who's moving from being that individual contributor and moving mm -hmm. into a manager role. Sometimes it's the hardest thing for people to let oh, go yeah. of being that that individual contributor, right? Where they're used to just doing mm -hmm. everything. You probably see that in your executive coaching group too. People mm -hmm. who might be CEOs but of smaller companies, they 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 still own so much and they're holding on so tight. Yeah. Like, man, if you can start letting go of the stuff that maybe isn't what you do best. And hiring somebody who right. can do it best, you're going to actually elevate your whole company so much faster. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the funny paradox that they face. They're so used to holding on and controlling everything that they become part of the problem of why they're not growing. Yeah. My favorite my favorite uh, customer that I had experience wise recently, he was complaining to me. He was saying I can't grow, mm -hmm. and my first response back to him was then stop holding on and strangling your business. He's, he was taken aback. No one's ever told me I'm strangling my business. I said, dude, look at all the operations and things that you're doing. Yep. You're the one that's the bottleneck. You need to let go. Trust your employees or hire somebody you can trust. There you go. And that's your solution. Yeah, you're, you're totally right on on that the trust piece and mm -hmm. being able to let more success comes your way. And that could be on a corporate, like or I'm a CEO, all the way to I'm 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 the CEO of my team, right? right. And I might be part of a bigger structure. So, Vic, I always try to to ask this question of everyone, and so I'm going to ask you too. You may already be prepared if you if you listen to any of these, but. If you could go back 10 years and talk to Vic from 10 years. Sorry, you cut out there for a second. Could you could you repeat that question again? Yeah. Let's see if the internet's yeah. being all spot. And ask, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're, you're just getting all jarbled in. So I'm trying to see if it's my connection or yours on this one. I don't know. Can you hear me now? Hold on, let me switch. I can hear you switch. now. Okay, I won't touch anything then. <laughs> what advice would you give him? You know what? I love this question. Uh, I would give him the advice of being 100% authentic sooner. Mm. And the reason I say that is because I spent a good chunk of my corporate career following the framework that I was taught by my predecessors. And I was always conflicted with it. I always hated it. Yeah. And the sooner I, the, the moment that I started doing things my way, being more authentically myself in the process, the more alive I felt in the roles that I was fulfilling. And I think that's a, big travesty that if that's one experience that somebody's having that's more common than we realize that we, we can't feel authentically ourselves in the roles that we fulfill even though being our authentic selves led us to obtaining that role in that position yeah so it's paradoxical yeah i love that though because you when you are more authentic and more open about who you are, whatever that means to you, right? right. To your point, it just it, you're more alive, 
And I think you'll be surprised how many other people are actually going to connect with your authentic self versus like the self of, oh, I've got to put on this mask today. Yep. You start forgetting which one you're supposed to be wearing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Or your boss tells you, hey, I need you to play the the politics game. And you're like, I don't play games. Yeah. I don't care. Like, no, dude, I'm not doing that. I'm out. Mm -hmm. I love it. Oh, man. I I love that. I'm probably the least political person. <laughs> I, you know, no, if this offends the audience, then I apologize. But I flat out told one of my my managers to fuck off. I'm not doing it. <laughs> right, and, that that doesn't offend me. Um, I will have to flag this as explicit now, but that's okay. Right. Um, but I will tell. Like my husband actually bought me a paperweight for my desk, and it's an F bomb. So it's oh, a bomb. Nice. With the letter F on it because I am I I am notorious. And I just say it's because I work with truck drivers. Like that's my excuse. I'm in trucking. Yeah. I, you know, whatever. But sometimes I think that it's the best word ever. It is. And you know what? I was quoting. I was quoting it. So you don't have to classify the <laughs> Um No, but it's it just sometimes it needs to be said, and they deserve it, and they need to hear it. Yeah. And well, I would- Sometimes it goes back to boundaries too. Like right. you have boundaries in your personal life. You should have boundaries in your professional right. career as well. And and sometimes that's a matter of just being like, you know, I'm going to take a moment before I even respond or do or whatever. And it doesn't mean don't do your job, right? But I'm not saying that. Right. But sometimes we're requested to do stuff and it may be somebody else's job. So how do you take a moment and then go revisit it with your leader on like, you know, Hey, I heard, you, know, you asked me for do this, but I know this is this person's you know role. How do you help me like set? We need to set expectations on, on right. roles and division, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, my, my my favorite automatic response to that was, well, it's not my job responsibilities, and unless you're going to pay me extra for it, I'm not doing it. Because <laughs> then it, that would always open up the negotiation tactic of, well, it's like okay, mm-hmm. then you need to pay me more because this is adding responsibility. Yeah. And then the company doesn't want to pay me more because they already felt they're paying me too much. So it's like, then I'm not going to do it. Sorry. I love it. I, I love it. I, I love, I love those conversations and those arguments <laughs> or the, um, you know, I'm thinking about adding more onto your plane. I was like, cool. Is that how much money is that more for me? Yeah. Or what are you taking off? Cause the yeah. plate is only this, this big. Right. This big. Right. They're like, what do you mean? There's gotta be an exchange. Right. Right. Oh, that's perfect. I'm gonna have to remember that <laughs> for my next one-on-one. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, Vic, um, what are some of the best ways for people to follow you? Because I always love with taking action. Um, I know you do a lot on Instagram. Um, so maybe just walk the group. What's the best way to reach you and and connect with you? So Instagram, I always respond to all DMs. And if you comment on any of my stuff, I'm happy. I respond to it. I love it. You can also reach out to me. You can join my groups. Uh, VictorFrayloff.com has direct contacts. So my phone number's on there. My email's on there. Eagles Tower or TheExecutivesChair.com. You can join both of those groups or one or the other, whichever you feel inspired to. Regardless, I'm happy to help and add value however, wherever, and whenever. So I love it. Thank out. you. Thank you so, so much, Vic, for joining us today. This was awesome. Um, I did just really, really great. I think feedback and, and information for, for my, for the group and for people who are listening, especially on the corporate side, you know, 
big things. Don't take rejection personally. Uh, it, it, when you don't, it opens up actually more opportunities for you. I mean, there's maybe a reason why one door closes, right? Um, connecting your mental and your physical health and have those play together. And, and then just having that the diversity of opinions and, and, and having having that broad view is so, so big. Love how you actually implement that in your in your executive coaching. Uh, just r- really, really awesome. Thank you so much again for your time this evening. Well, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for tuning into Might in Motion. If you learned something about motivation, momentum, mindfulness, or might, please like, comment, and share. Thank you.